0: This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with my good friend John Beeler. We are Canada's number one mobile tech and app program. Today's show is going to be awesome. Uh, We're going to be talking about websites that are taking your information on forms, even if you don't hit the submit button. It's actually a lot more websites than you you think. So something to to really watch out for. We'll give you the lowdown on that. And also, do we need another voice assistant in the world? Well, one of the big uh, music speaker companies is coming up with their own assistant that uh, is supposed to make it uh, easier to use their products. And Netflix, they have put out uh, an edict basically saying uh, to their employees, if you don't like the content that we're doing, leave Netflix (laughs) We'll uh, we'll uh, dig down on that uh, a little bit uh, as as well, uh, but John, let's look at some of the uh, the mobile tech and app news uh, that's uh, out there. This was interesting. Apple's got a hidden sent, uh, a hidden set setting that instantly makes your video and audio calls sound better. Why why not this on all the time?
1: Well, <laughs> it's interesting. It's just really varied, and it's called voice isolation. And what it does essentially, when you go into a call. Um, you, if you go into your control center, and, and keep in mind this is when you're already on a call. You can't go in there now and set it. Uh, you click on the little uh, button that says mic mode, and by default, it's set to standard. And the interesting thing is this works on iPhones, iPads, your Mac, uh, and, and what this does is it actually changes the audio field of what it's capturing with the onboard microphones, or if you're using AirPods or something else. And your other options are, well, there's standard, which is on by default, voice isolation, and then wide spectrum. Wide spectrum actually lets people hear everything. Basically, they get rid of the noise cancellation, and you can just hear the entire room tone if, if that's important. Uh, voice isolation just basically is nothing but your voice. And then standard is kind of like, I guess, a mix in between the two.
0: I love this. Because so many times when I'm in, like, a a very noisy environment, um, you know, trying to take a call, you know, if I'm uh, out at night at a restaurant or bar, you know how noisy it gets. Like, this would just kind of kill all that outside noise.
1: Yeah, unless you want more of it.
0: (laughs) So, again, how do people get into this?
1: Well, you have to be on a call. And you have to use control center. So you swipe down from the upper right corner of your phone where you click on the upper right corner on a Mac and you get into control center and then click on the mic mode button. And then from there um, you should have a little option as far as what it is. So I'm just looking on my Mac right now. It's great out because I'm not actually on a call on my Mac. I'm not using FaceTime or my phone through my Mac. But if I was that little mic mode button wouldn't be grayed out like it is right now. And I'd be able to change it to one of the other modes.
0: Very, very interesting. Uh, Looking at some of the, uh, the other mobile and uh, app news here, Disney plus with ads. uh, I didn't even know this was a a thing yet. John uh, will keep the commercial breaks down to about four minutes per hour. And it won't show any ads at all for kids profiles.
1: That's not bad.
0: No, that's better than like regular TV.
1: Yeah, it's too bad you can't make a kid's profile so you get no ads, but then you wouldn't be able to get into the adult programming. (laughs) (laughs) A lot
0: of Barney. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: commercial-free Barney.
0: Yeah, but like, this is interesting. I mean, Netflix is uh, potentially doing something like this as well that is rumored uh, to get more subscribers, like a lower-priced tier um but right now um disney is going to be doing this uh they're trying to grow their subscriber base to about 44 million people in us and canada uh which is you know not not nothing to sneeze at
1: i'm actually surprised it's not higher because they honestly they do have some of the best content and they've been buying up other franchises and adding it to the roster so eventually you're going to hit a wall where like oh well that thing i really like is on disney plus
0: does this interest you, John? Like, you're like me. You have a lot of subscriptions. Like, would you want well, commercials I'll, in your? Feeds? I'll, I'll be
1: honest. I I turned off my Disney Plus. Uh, I'm going to wait until uh, till the new Obi wan show comes on, and then I think shortly after that, some Mandalorians back, and then I might turn it off again. It just depends. I, I think for me, <laughs> Disney Plus is the one that I will turn on and off. Yeah, um, because well, typically those are the bigger blockbustery kind of content that you're going to see no matter what. And whereas Netflix and Amazon Prime, those are the more like, okay, I, I got an hour to kill. What am I going to watch?
0: Uh, also in the news, uh, there's a new hack out there, John, uh, a Bluetooth hack that can unlock your Tesla and all kinds of other devices. And all it takes is a bit of custom code and a uh, hundred bucks in hardware.
1: Yeah, this unfortunately is not a new thing. And uh, these types of devices have been around for quite a while. And it's, uh, it's interesting because we really love the convenience that all these Bluetooth things provide us, but it also is a very easy to hack security vector.
0: So it's called a relay station attack. It doesn't look like an easy thing to pull off. Really? No, but
1: if I'm sitting in a parking lot with this hardware, and you come and you lock your car and go into the mall, Yeah, I can basically copy your, your frequencies that way. And then, uh, I mean, there's lots of different ways these work, and I'm not going to get into the specifics of it on, on the radio, but um, there's lots of little ways you can do this so that uh, you can basically clone the, the sequence that you need to unlock your vehicle. But it's not just limited to Teslas. So it can be lots of other things,
0: too crazy uh also uh in uh, the 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 news apple is facing airpods lawsuit uh after an amber amber alert allegedly caused hearing damage i I could see this actually when that amber alert comes on my phone it's loud
1: yeah very loud and apparently uh it uh it damaged uh a 12 year old boy um who was wearing airpods at the time and The Amber Alert came in, went off suddenly and without warning at a volume that tore apart his eardrum, damaged his cochlea, and caused significant injuries, the suit claims.
0: And apparently he has to wear a hearing aid for the rest of his life. That's insane. Yeah. Anyway, I'd I'd never heard of this this type of issue before. And again, it's... um, It's... In court right now, it hasn't been uh, finalized yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that uh, the volume spike, because in a lot of cases, I thought these types of things were meant to be limited. Like, you really have to go out of your way to enable this kind of, like, AirPods to your device connectivity to be a max volume. Yeah. And apparently the boy was listening to something at a low volume when he received the Ambler alert.
0: Yeah, well, you know, we'll follow up on the story and see where that uh, goes. Uh, I'd be interested to to see if that's been an issue for uh, other folks uh, out there. Uh, if if you're an Outlook user, John, Microsoft is previewing a new totally redesigned Outlook for, for Windows for the app.
1: Cool. I, so you, you won't be able to find my emails anymore. <laughs> and you already don't.
0: <laughs> i, I got to be honest, I hate when they up, update it. Like, cause they just completely redesigned the user interface. I remember when they did this, you know, a few years ago and it just took me forever to, to unlearn everything and find where all the, the new places were to like reply to emails and, you know, just basic stuff like that. Like, I don't yeah. know why they have to completely change it.
1: Well, and they should also offer like a classic mode. So you can go like, go back to the last version that I'm really familiar with.
0: Yeah. I remember back in 2010 when they updated office oh my God, it was a nightmare. Like it just, it was completely different. Like, I don't know why they just like completely changed things hmm. on that. But anyway, there's a preview. Uh, it's supposed to more resemble the uh, the web version of Outlook. So if you have been using the web version, it might not be as much a, a shock to you.
1: Yeah, and that makes sense from their standpoint to make a little bit everything a little bit more aligned so that it's familiar no matter what version you're using.
0: We've got a lot more to talk about on the App Show today. Later on, uh, we'll be talking about Sonos. Uh, They're the big music speaker company. They do uh, all sorts of multi-room audio speakers. They have a new Sonos voice assistant coming out. Why do they want their own? Well, we'll uh, we'll find out. Also, Netflix telling uh, employees if they don't like the content that Netflix makes, maybe Netflix isn't the place for them to work at. (laughs) this is pretty bold but coming up after the break here this is super important there are apparently a lot of websites out there that are collecting information when you're filling out forms even if you don't hit the submit button we'll tell you how that all works you're listening to the app show here on the chorus radio network back after this you're back with the app show mike agarbo here with john beeler websites the web, an integral part of our lives now. We do everything from shopping, our banking, filling out forms constantly. I always feel like I'm filling out, uh, you know, a form every hour here uh, when I'm, uh, you know, computing. Well, there's thousands of popular websites that see what you type before you hit the submit button. This was interesting, John. Uh, I always thought that the website that you were submitting the form to didn't see any of it until you actually hit that submit button. But that's not the case.
1: No, this is something that I've seen happen more often, you know, especially like when you, you find like say a product you're interested in buying, you click on it, add to cart, you go to the cart system, then you calculate the shipping and you realize, oh, that kind of killed the, (laughs) killed any desire for me to buy that thing because the shipping was just too high. Yeah. And sometimes you have to put in a little bit of information to get to that point, but you're thinking like, I haven't actually committed yet. And then when you back away, even just by closing the, the the tab without even hitting submit, like a couple hours later, like, hey, there's something still in your cart. And like, how do you know that?
0: <laughs> or, or you get an email.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you'll get an email saying, hey, there's, you know, you still thinking about getting this thing? I'm like, nope, that's why I left. Sometimes, <laughs> well, sometimes. And this is the reason why this exists. Sometimes they will say, hey, are you still thinking about that thing? Oh, well, if you are, here's 20% off. Because basically, what's happening is these marketing uh, plugins and uh, sort of third-party systems that a lot of these e-commerce sites are using are using these key loggers to track your information, so they can probably try to do an upsell to you if you if you do bail on the on the transaction.
0: It's crazy. So researchers uh, that were analyzing the top one hundred thousand websites uh, were looking at scenarios in which a user visiting a site while in the European Union and also a site from the United States found that quite a few were actually collecting this information, even if you hadn't hit the submit button. So in the EU, they found uh, over 1,800 websites, and in the United States, close to 3,000 U.S. websites actually collected the user's email address in some form, even if they never hit any submit button. I
1: I wonder how many those things they were able to glean from things like cookies and other things that you seemingly have to agree to anytime you go anywhere now. And some of those systems could be a little on the dodgy side and look at other cookies for other maybe top tier sites that you might've had a a cookie that you agreed to leave.
0: It's, it's troubling John because there's so many things that are tracking us. Uh, You know, Facebook has been accused of this um, because they've got the tracking pixels that they they put in things uh even tiktok now apparently as well there's a a tiktok pixel which is like an invisible marketing marketing tracker uh that is embedded on websites track users across the web to to target ads at them
1: yeah and it's pretty easy because like on tiktok you like tiktok made me buy it some little thing pop up and then you go to your browser like oh i'm gonna look up that thing and then now they've connected all the dots
0: so it, it was an interesting article. If you get a chance, uh, Wired magazine did a great article on this. But the thing is, it they don't really tell you how to prevent this <laughs> from happening.
1: Well, the the easiest thing is to use a secure, private browser. So a couple things you can do. One of them is is just use a different browser when you're going to go onto like say an e-commerce site. So you can set up uh, Firefox, for example. You basically turn off all or turn on all the privacy features. And essentially, the entire browser is like in, in um, uh, basically a, um, a mode, that it doesn't capture anything. There's no uh, browser history. There's no auto-filling of forms, nothing, right? Like you, you can turn that all off or on, depending on the, the, the widget. And then you can browse in private, basically, and. There's nothing for them to capture unless you type it in yourself. And then when you're ready to buy, like you sort of do your research with this other browser, like a Firefox or uh, there's Brave. Brave is a very popular, secure, private browser that people use. You do your your research there. So especially if you're looking at buying one product that you might find on like um, multiple websites, yeah. do all your research in a secure, private setting and then go to your Safari or your Chrome or wherever you're, got all your credentials sort of stored and do it once and just copy and paste the page that you're going to go to and and do the transaction. So that just minimizes the amount of sort of uh, breadcrumbs you're leaving behind on these sites that you may or may not even ever go back to because you don't like the shipping or you don't like the color options or whatever you're doing with your shopping experience.
0: Well, you know, and speaking of cookies, John, as well, um, we see this pop up come up all the time when we're surfing the web, you know, it's basically saying, Hey, you know, we use cookies. Will you accept them? And I got to be honest, John, for the past few years, I've just been hitting. Yeah. (laughs) Cause I just, I just want to get to the website, you know, Uh, cause I, I, I just felt that, Oh, if I say no, then I got to go through this whole rigmarole. Uh, but, uh, I'm, I'm hitting no now. And it's, it's, it, it doesn't really take that much extra time.
1: No, it's just like you're basically opting out of being tracked. Yeah. And uh, there is a few, well, maybe not a few. There's probably a lot of different sites that maybe won't work properly, depending on what you're trying to do there. Yeah. Um, But, again, do your research and say no to all those pop-ups that say, hey, can we track you? Um, or also, a lot of times these pop-ups will come up and they'll give you options. Like you can accept all cookies or only the relevant cookies. Yes. And, but the relevant cookies option is usually in the smaller prints in the smaller button. Uh, and, and you may not even see it. You have to like twirl something open to see that option, but you can do that as well. Cause if you accept all cookies, that means anything that that particular website has put in as far as marketing and tracking, you, you've just agreed to give it to, give me the works versus <laughs> I only need to be tracked for the specific thing that I'm here for. Yeah. And, um, and, and you know, Cookies make it easier for you to navigate around a site and having things like a persistent cart if you're not logged in, those kinds of things. Um, So, again, do your research in a secure lockdown browser and then actually do your transactions in your favorite browser.
0: You are tuned in to the App Show, Canada's number one mobile tech and app program. We've still got uh, lots more to talk about. Do we need another voice assistant? Sonos is coming out with their own version. And we'll be chatting about Netflix uh, as well. They uh, have told their employees, if you don't like the content that we're creating, maybe Netflix isn't the place to work for you. Back after this. You are back with the program. Mike and John here. You are listening to The App Show, Canada's favorite mobile tech and app program. We're going to talk voice assistants now. I think most of us are familiar with them, whether that's uh, Google With their Google Voice Assistant, Amazon with uh, their Voice Assistant, uh, and of course Siri as well on the Apple side. Well, now Sonos, uh, one of the leaders in uh, multi room audio, they make all sorts of different uh, speakers. They're coming out with their own uh, as well. And basically saying that this will be an even better way to control. All their speakers that you would have inside your home. John, I've been a Sonos user for more than 15 years. I've got them all throughout my house. I've even got like their little Bluetooth ones, and I love it. It was just magical when it first came out. Uh, you know, you could basically have music playing in the whole house or in specific rooms. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, there's been a lot of competitors in the space now, but Sonos still is kind of in the lead, in my opinion.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a premium device. So that's. Uh That's part of it as well. Um, And there's no question they sound amazing, but they're also priced amazing.
0: (laughs) It's true. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about a new soundbar they have coming out uh, as well uh, in a bit here. Uh, But the new Sonos voice control uh, basically... Uh, works with their newer speakers. Most of the new ones over the past few years have got microphones built into them, and you have been able to use uh, the other voice assistants from Google and Amazon. Uh, But this one here is supposed to be even more powerful, uh, letting you actually control the different rooms that you have audio playing in. And on Wi-Fi, if you've got them hooked up through Wi-Fi, you can also ask the assistant to play specific tracks or playlists uh, as well. Uh, This is something that I'm pretty excited about, John.
1: The thing I like about it uh, is that Sonos doesn't have a side hustle like Google does. It's called marketing (laughs) (laughs) and Amazon as well, where they're trying to basically get get as much information from you as possible. They're claiming this is more privacy minded and and focused on that aspect of things. So you can feel secure that, you know, your conversations aren't being recorded and used to market to you. Um, So I like that aspect of it for sure, uh, if if it's all true, um, and the the idea behind it is makes more sense because they have the ability to to create a hopefully a tool that is as useful uh, as the other ones are. But it, I guess it remains to be seen because they they basically just have this beta program now uh, as to how well it would integrate with a, say your smart home stuff. Yeah, which you know definitely the Amazon and the Google and, to a degree, Apple has the advantage of just being there and connected with all the different uh, smart home devices that you'd want to connect.
0: Yeah, so all the processing is being done on the chip inside the speaker, so there's no cloud um, stuff happening. So, you know, they're claiming that it is a lot more secure, a lot more private uh, as well, which I I would have to agree with uh, on there. And it'll work with their Bluetooth speakers as well. They've got uh, the Roman Move speakers it won't have the full capability. You can't ask for specific tracks, uh, but you will be able to adjust volume, uh, playback, and, and skipping tracks, which is kind of a, a nice option. Uh, they also announced a new soundbar, John, uh, an entry-level one called uh, the Ray. Uh, it's going to go for about 279 US, so I imagine that would be 350 plus Canadian, uh, but that's one of the cheaper soundbars that they have out there. Like their their high end one, the Arc, I think, is up in the thousand dollar price range, and the Beam is still up there. I think six hundred bucks. So this is uh, quite a bit cheaper.
1: Yeah, and it's you know it's pretty competitively priced as far as uh, a comparable soundbar that would have those kinds of functionality.
0: Yeah. This one here. Uh, doesn't have HDMI and eARC support, uh, like the the more expensive uh, versions uh, have. It's got to be hooked up via optical. uh, But for those who want to improve the overall sound of of their TV, and they've got the optical outport, this is definitely something to have a look at. Uh, Again, a lot cheaper than (laughs) the the other uh, models uh, out there. But I mean, it's it's become a pretty competitive space in the soundbar uh, side of the industry, John.
1: Yeah, we see a lot of soundbars coming through our studio for review, and um, there's some good ones, and there's some not-so-good ones.
0: Yeah, we. It, I mean, the, the Roku one uh, we tried recently, I think that's like in the $150 price range. I thought it was pretty good. You've got one on one of your TVs.
1: Yeah, it's in my bedroom, and it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, I, I know my son has one on uh, their living room TV. They live in a condo, so they don't need like 20 speakers <laughs> in their house or anything. Uh, but they just love it. it. It's really improved the overall sound quality. And it's got the smart uh, Roku TV platform built into it as well, which is kind of a bonus. Right. And and you can't go wrong for $150. Uh, you know, we also, you got one in, uh, I think, from China as well. I forget the the, the brand name on that. Uh, came with a it's subwoofer a, as well.
1: A Bowmaker, yeah. It yeah. actually was pretty, re- I mean, that's I think it's about $200. That's why I was saying, like, you know, it's it sounds very good. It has a wireless subwoofer, has pretty good sound acoustics, has a remote, has the multiple ins as far Bluetooth, optical, wired, uh, those types of things. And you know, for two hundred bucks, the the thing we always say, Mike, is that you put any kind of speaker in front of your TV, it's going to sound so much better. Yeah. Um. Even even a hundred dollar one it will sound much better than none. Because most of the time, the speakers that are built into your TV aren't going to be very good. And also, if you want to play music uh, in that same general vicinity, you know, like in your living room or in your bedroom or whatever, there's nothing better than a soundbar for that.
0: I agree. And, you know, if you do want to take it to another level, a subwoofer makes a big difference. Just as for that you base. have
1: neighbors that don't mind.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, Sure. You could use subwoofers for evil, but I I find in a lot of cases, (laughs) um, if you do have a subwoofer, and many times you actually have the volume down, it just kind of smooths out everything. Do you know what I mean?
1: Well, I have my subwoofer. It's a wireless, it's a Samsung soundbar that I have, and I have my subwoofer behind my couch, and it just adds that little bit of extra sort of texture to the audio, I think. I don't have it cranked up full, and uh, it just just adds that little extra room tone and makes it feel like you're actually part of the whatever you're watching
0: you are listening to the app show we're gonna have to take another break here when we come back love it or leave it netflix employees told to leave if they don't like the content that netflix is putting out well uh we'll tell you all about it you're listening to the app show here on the chorus radio network back after this you are back with the app show mike and john here netflix one of the most popular streaming services uh, out in the world. Uh, they have a wide range of content. Sometimes a little controversial, John. Uh, we saw with Dave Chappelle, uh, the famous comedian out of the U.S., had a uh, comedy special uh, where made uh, comments about transgendered people that did not go well with some folks out there and uh, some employees inside of Netflix. They were uh, complained complaining about it Uh, but now Netflix is basically telling their employees uh, because they're updating their culture guidelines to include an artistic expression section uh, that says for uh, these employees that they can quit if they don't want to work on content they disagree with that's pretty blunt
1: yeah which makes sense I mean if we were doing a tech radio show about something that we didn't like I could quit as well, you know? (laughs) It kind of goes without saying, but I guess they have to say it because their staff are probably just complaining on social media.
0: Yeah, so Netflix has said, not everyone will like or agree with everything on our service. We let viewers decide what's appropriate for them versus having Netflix censor-specific artists or voices. Depending on your role, you may need to work on titles you perceive to be harmful. If you'd find if you'd find it hard to support our content breadth, Netflix may not be the best place for you. Yeah.
1: Well, especially with something like Netflix, where again, it depends on what your role is. You could be working on 20 different pro- projects in a given year. Yeah. You're not going to like all of them or agree with all of them.
0: Yeah. How do you feel about it?
1: Um, you- well, I, I think it would depend on, on, on my role. Like, yeah. Obviously, if I'm creatively involved in a project that I disagree with, well, there's a problem. But, yeah. um, but if you're working on a film set or you're working in the office and you're creating marketing campaigns for various shows that you may or may not agree with, that's not unlike anything else in the world. Yeah. So, like I said at the beginning, kind of curious as to why it needs to be said, but I guess there's been enough backlash that they have to say something. Uh, Or at least build it into the, you know, the the employee handbook so that when and if some new hire comes on and they don't agree with, you know, the Stranger Things 5 for whatever reason, uh, they can just say, well, sorry, it's in the handbook.
0: It's interesting, though, John, because at what point do you censor content? Like, they're not putting a bunch of Nazi content on Netflix, right? Because... Whoa. like pro-Nazi content, for example. Yeah. Right.
1: It's like man in the high castle. That's, that's Amazon, but yeah. No. Um, um, yeah, no, it's, yeah.
0: or hardcore pornography, for example, that's something that Netflix draws the line at.
1: Right. right. But it gets really slippery too. What happens if there's a really, uh staunch Republican produced show, right. You know, right wing versus last point, left wing stuff. So politics or, um, uh, Race or gender—all those things can easily become flashpoints for an employee to not be comfortable with whatever the topic is, and that's kind of the nature of a creative endeavor, like basically a film studio that Netflix is. And I don't know. I'm also wondering if this is just a a a, almost a diversion from the fact that their subscriber numbers have been dropping. They've had, you know, uh, a drop in revenue. They've 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 recently had to lay off about 150 people, in, um, including executives uh, in different roles in the in the company. Um, it, it's not uncommon for a company like them that have been around for a while to have some shakeups happen, and mm-hmm. this might just be, oh, well, hey, look at this thing over here right now that you know just as a distraction to keep things away because their um, Q1 results sent their shares plummeting 25% and it's been on the downtrend ever since. So they're trying to just come up with anything that can make the sound better or more like they're the edgy film studio that they were always known for.
0: Yeah. I just wonder, you know, do other streaming services have this issue? Like network TV, for example, John, like they have much more stringent guidelines. Do you know what I mean? Like if they had Dave Chappelle on ABC down in the US and prime time at eight o'clock or, or whatever, and he made all those comments, there would be many complaints to the FCC, right?
1: Right. But there would, would there be that many complaints from NBC employees?
0: That, it's, it's a good question, right? Yeah. Yeah because so, we're going to see edgier and edgier content as these streaming services kind of really take over the role of of TV networks really.
1: Exactly. But like it's hard to get into specifics without being specific because we don't know the specifics behind this, but like what if someone that was working on Game of Thrones was uncomfortable with the ways people are mutilated and killed in that show?
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> you quit. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you do, right? Yeah. Okay, we are going to have to take another break. When we come back, uh, John, this is kind of cool. There's a website that you can go and play over 6,000 classic DOS games for free in your web browser. I guess like Oregon Trail and Zork and all those?
1: Oh, so many awesome, cool games. And uh, you don't need a computer at all. You just need a browser.
0: You're listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with The App Show. Mike and John here. John, you've got a really cool website. I haven't checked this out yet, but I'm going to after this program. ClassicReload.com.
1: Yeah, I just stumbled across this uh, just yesterday, and it's amazing. There's over 6,000 Dawson Windows and even console games that have been preserved. Uh, they call this Abandonware. And a lot of these... These games be very difficult to play anymore. You'd have to get out, uh, say, a, a Pentium 100 computer and, a, and a, maybe a floppy drive or something like that. Um, but things like Oregon Trail, the original Wolfenstein 3D in full color, um, uh, some Doom games, uh, oh, just so many amazing games from the glory days of DOS and Windows gaming. And it's so- completely free, and you play it in your browser.
0: Yeah, like Doom Two. I love that one. That was like one of my favorites. They've got Prince of Persia, uh, one of the original Civilization games as well. Yep.
1: Well, I remember um, one of my favorite games that I used to play on a PC, and I actually, you know, I bought the the CD for it. Was the Golden Tee Golf, the like the arcade version, but Ooh, for Windows.
0: Yeah. And they have it. And so these are illegal to play.
1: Yeah. Because basically, well they're the way they're describing it is that this is abandonware. I don't know some of these things I think people still own the rights to but uh, I think they have a, a process for people to claim anything so DMCA can happen but the cool thing is you can actually um, plug a gamepad into your into your computer as well and, and play these with a gamepad
0: they actually have different sections too like they've got an arcade section um, Sega Genesis Commodore 64 yeah
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, all the different platforms, they've got the genres of the games. Uh they've got a bunch of non-English games too, which is really kind of cool. Um you know, your favorite sports games from like the 90s or whatever.
0: Uh, this is and and I love the fact that it's just through a web browser. So
1: nothing to install. I mean, there's lots of ads unfortunately, but I get it. They got to pay for the servers. Um Star Trek Adventure <laughs> for the Atari 800 1985.
0: Oh my god. That <laughs> that is amazing. Hey,
1: hey, you can play Windows Minesweeper too.
0: No way. Yep. Oh, I miss that so much. <laughs> yeah. I used yeah, to there's, spend there's, hours on that.
1: It's just fun just to scroll through the screenshots of every game too. I mean, there's just so many things. It's all it's all organized too by um by, you can sort by name, you can sort by year, like an alphabetic listing or a numerical listing of the year, the genre of the game, the platform, the new ones that have recently been added to the platform. And then uh, just a bunch of other ones. Like There's even ColecoVision games on here.
0: So cool. Crazy. Uh, for our listeners, you are tuned into the App Show. Don't forget to listen to our sister show, Get Connected. It's on across the Course Radio Network Saturdays. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to check it out, go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. It's up there. Or visit your favorite podcasting platform. Uh, we'll be talking about new home networking standards or smart home standards from Google, uh, Apple allowing developers to charge for subscription increases without telling their users, and so much more. want to thank all the folks that helped put the App Show together, including John and Robin. We will see you again next time.